Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Body Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Well, I welcome you along now to the uh, the first episode of the Indoor League Odyssey. Uh, we travel back in the mists of time to the um, early 1970s in ITV and a show called The Indoor League. Now... I'm going to be pedantic here. This regularly gets referred to by people uh, as Indoor League. Uh, it's mm. not called Indoor League. It's called The Indoor League. Other oh, okay. Indoor Leagues may be available, but this is the definitive... The, the, the Indoor League. Like the, the way indoor. that some Arsenal fans insist on calling Arsenal The Arsenal. The Arsenal, yeah. It's the opposite of that. Mm. It's sort of the opposite of that. The Indoor League. Now, if you're not familiar with The Indoor League... It was um, it was produced by Yorkshire Television uh, from 1972 until 1977, and it started out. It used to be on lunchtime. It used to be on at 1 p.m. Can mm. you imagine that? Because th- just before Crown Court, Sam, <laughs> you've got you've got your 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 fucking rainbow is on on ITV. Then you've got the Sullivans probably. Mm. Oh, yeah. Then you've got then you've got Indoor League, and then after that comes. Emmerdale Farm, maybe Crown Court. Who says that daytime television wasn't invented till the mid nineteen eighties? Nonsense. It was thriving. The, the programs were quite depressing. A lot of the programs that yes. you mentioned, when I think about them, and I know for many years we had the Crown Court theme tune as our sort of play out on this podcast. Yeah. So I've got a soft spot for it, but at the same time, it makes me feel depressed because it kind of the whole vibe of being at home in the day on a weekday sat in front of the TV, you were either ill or you were malingering, mm. pretending to mm. be ill or something, a, a terrible thing had occurred, which meant that yeah. all normal rules were suspended. <laughs> I don't know. But the, the pipes had frozen at the school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you couldn't go in. Very often I would, my mum would have to go to work. So she'd leave me in the, um, uh, she'd leave me over to be overseen by my older brothers, which always was, like a really bad thing yeah like so there'd be t- some terrible high level bullying going on and mm. i was just thinking i just want to escape into the warm comfort of watching the sullivans right yeah. leave me alone yeah. stop pointing that fucking pellet gun at me right yeah and uh so so daytime shit in those days was sort of depressing but i have to say that indoor league which i we wouldn't have had down south but yeah. for me um, watching it back, it gives me a flavour of the weekend. There's a razzmatazz to it, which mm. would enliven because all the other stuff is like the Sullivans and like Crown Court. They were like shows that it, they seem to be set in the in yeah. the daytime. They seem to be set on dreary, yeah. rainy Wednesdays. Whereas there's something about the vibe of indoor league mm. that sort of makes you feel like it's fucking Saturday well, night it, and uh, it's all about to kick off. It's, it's televised sport, isn't it? It's televised sport. That's yeah, what it so is. Yeah, so it feels like Grandstand. Yeah. I felt it was put together a lot like Grandstand as well. Yeah. The sort of quite fast cut clips of different things going on. 
the way they always go straight to the exciting bit as well. So it's quite mm. different to how sport is um, broadcast today. Well, th- this 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 one we're doing is kind of a compilation of the f- I don't know if it's the first series or not, but it's a compilation. Ah, is that what of, it is? Okay, yeah, all right. It's, it's the champions. It's kind of a roundup of the end of the right. season. It's not a true reflection. I think what we'll do is we'll we'll cover this episode. And then there's other ones on YouTube. We'll go back and cover other. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking, oh, it's quite pace. a strange structure. I'd only ever seen clips of of the indoor league, yeah. Um, yeah. mainly on fantasy football, because they they were the ones who first revived it, weren't they? In like yeah. the nineties. But I, I, mean, I didn't know. I, so I'm unfamiliar with the actual structure of it. And I was thinking, fucking hell! All they keep showing is like the end of a match where someone yeah. wins and someone loses. Uh, don't they yeah. ever show the full match? I'm wondering Clearly, whether yes. this this is even the best kind of one to start with. I don't know whether we should start with one of the other episodes. Well, no, let's talk about it anyway because we're you know I've gone to the trouble of watching it now, and there is some <clears> cer- <throat> certainly what I call chat-worthy content in there. Well, I, I yeah, I thought from watching what I've watched so far of this particular one, I thought that the first 100 seconds is enough for this first episode. Mm. To be quite honest, but um, so in yeah, the the. The Indoor League, yeah, and it was uh, Yorkshire Television, and it was devised by Sid Waddell. Ah, of course. It, of course, became the voice of darts. Um, and this show, The Indoor League, was the one of the first um, breakthroughs of televised darts, because mm. darts was one of the main games on it. And um, I think that the, the World Championship of darts had just begun to be televised at about the same time. Mm. which is only once a year. And there wasn't like loads of televised darts like there is now. Mm. So this was kind of, if you wanted a fix of televised darts, indoor mm. league was uh, the place to go. And Sid Waddell um, sort of ghosted his way into the darts commentary business on the back of the indoor league. And um, Sid Waddell in himself is an incredible character and his life is possibly worth a deep dive in itself. I mean, um, there's a book by his son, Dan Waddell, who I kind of know through Twitter. And um, Dan wrote his autobiography, but it's it's about growing up as Dan Sid's son. Sid Waddell, yeah. Son of Sid, yeah. And Dan used to go along to the, the World Darts Championship with Sid from the age of about nine and sneak away getting pissed <laughs> for, from the age of nine while Sid was busy working. But Sid himself, he was the son of a miner in Northumberland. And he he um he ended up going to, he got a scholarship to Cambridge. Yeah, he's an incredible which bloke, was, isn't he? Which was fairly fucking unusual at the time. Um and then ended up becoming a writer and then a TV producer. Um He was the ultimate think, Renaissance man. And he was. he's a role model to all of us. I mean he wrote mm. Jess, Jossie's Giants he also in his Jossie's spare Giants. time. Exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He's just fucking knocking it all out. Nothing could stop him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, a TV producer and then he came up with the Indoor League and then that led him to become a darts commentator. And now the World Darts Championship trophy is named after him. It's called the Sid Waddell <laughs> Trophy. I mean, what other sports are there where the main trophy is named after a former commentator? Uh, I mean, can't do you think, think of any others. Do you think when Martin Tyler retires <laughs> that like, the Premier League might be called the Martin Tyler Trophy? No. I nah, don't think that would, I don't think it will be no. Um, I'm just looking at Sid's Wikipedia page now, and he also ended up commentating on the pool as well for Sky. Uh, he did. Uh, he was the voice of the balls on the National Lottery 
on one occasion in 1999 and he said he was sacked for being too Geordie. Yeah. <laughs> after, after one <laughs> one appearance. So, um, yeah, and Sid died in um, 2013 uh, from cancer. And But that book by Dan is called um, We Had Some Laughs and it's a fucking great, <laughs> great, name great for a book. It's a great book. <clears throat> if you find yourself um, enjoying the Indoor League Odyssey, then uh, I'd recommend Dan's book as a. a, a yeah, little, uh, Sid Waddell is certainly, uh, you know, would receive a, a posthumous human of honour for sure. I mean, completely. you know, this is this is a, a man who, without whom, Top Flight Time Machine probably wouldn't have even ever come about. Let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the spirit of Top Flight Time Machine the cultural is directly is directly related to Sid Waddell. To, to Sid Waddell, yeah. and the, and the, you know, and, and the way in which he sort of uh, shaped culture with his Ooh. endeavours over the years, probably in some yeah. small way, led in some sort of like weird thread six degrees of separation to a couple of cunts like us doing this. I'm sure it can be traced. Yeah, um, but yeah, totally. So we've got this episode of Indo- the Indoor League. I keep saying Indoor League. It's the Indoor League. Broken your own Indoor rule League. that you set at the beginning of the podcast. I know, I know. Made a rod from you on back there, didn't I? Mm. So it begins with the the, the, the classic Yorkshire television intro, um, which you get at the, at the beginning of shows such as Rising Damp, for example. Yeah. Um, and Emmerdale Farm back then. Uh, and it starts with, we see... A little clip of the darts, and it's Alan Evans, who uh, I think became the first world darts champion, and he's right. a short, stocky, tubby little Welshman, and he throws a double double twenty to win the match, and then he leaps into the air joyously, yeah. mm. and he's wearing a kind of an orange sweater which rolls up, yeah, and he's got a white t-shirt underneath which is mm. clinging to him. And you just get a great view of his belly fat as he leaps yeah. into the air. I mean, he's a short fella, so he probably leapt about, I don't know, eight inches off the ground. But the, short the, they freeze frame it, which is they my favourite thing. freeze frame it, yeah. And the freeze frame, because it being many years <laughs> before digital uh, film, you know, it was like the freeze frame was never quite perfect. So it freezes on a blur of effectively, you know, a, a mildly obese man. Yeah. suspended in midair, twisted with yeah. his uh, muffin top on display. <laughs> and I think that that freeze frozen image sort of gives you a very good sense of what's in store, right? Yeah. That's the action <laughs> shot. Also, I have a lot of sympathy because I suffer a lot from um, the, the right, as a lot of middle-aged men who are a bit too tubby around the middle. Mm. Um, I get the, the jumper ride-up situation a lot in everyday life. I don't know about you. I'm um, always I'm always getting... I'm also quite tall and things aren't cut for... Mm-hmm. If you've got... If you're quite tall, but you, you've got, like, a little bit of a, a, a belly, then mm. you're, you're, you're facing sweater ride-up situations if you do anything beyond the most straightforward of physical activity. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So no, I looked at this bloke before. and I thought, mate, I feel your pain. I mean, I'm not mm. as fat as him, but I do know what it's like to have the old the sweater ride up on a daily basis. Oh uh, yeah, I, I sometimes find myself lounging on the on the settee uh, in a particular position, and if just wearing a t-shirt, the t-shirt will crawl up right, yeah, above my up. belly button, and I can I can feel a little bit of breeze, perhaps. Mm. Just wafting against me, me, me lower belly area, and I just think, oh yeah. god, this must look awful to anyone that can see. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> well, how often would you say um, your bum crack is exposed, like on a like say weekly basis, or how often do you, um, are you concerned? Shit, I think my bum crack might be on show here. No, not very often. Not I very get that often. A lot. Do you? Mm. I mean, I'm just thinking now. I'm I'm normally wear shorts around the house throughout oh, the year. Good. Yeah, like like knee length kind of. Um, I don't know what you describe them as. Sport shorts. Don't know. Um, so I wear I wear them, and <clears throat> obviously there's an elasticated waistband. That's nice. Yeah. So nice and snug. There's not a great deal of exposure of the. the yeah, well, I wear tracksuit oh. bottoms in the house mostly, but if mm. I've got jeans or any other kind of formal trouser, and I do mm. regard the jean as a formal trouser these days because it's so yeah, rare that I'm called upon to yeah, wear them. It's moved over into that area, hasn't it? That arena. It has. Yeah. Post COVID, it's become mm. effectively like wearing a pair of slacks. It's a special. Mm. You know what? Jeans have become a special occasion trouser just yeah. in the last two yeah. years. Just mm. since COVID started, it's become a special occasion trouser. And um, so, mm. like, I've. This week, there are two occasions in which I'm expecting to have to wear jeans. I'm not really oh, looking God. forward to them. But, you know, I, I, but I'll tell you this, mate. My bum crack at some point on those days will be exposed for whoever is unlucky enough to be in my company. I mean, what's, 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 what's that about? Do you, do, are, are your jeans not tight enough? Do you not wear a belt? I don't know. Do you enjoy loose-fitting jeans? I mean, what, if, I, if, I, if I bend over, the jeans <clears> will ride down and simultaneously <clears> the top will ride up and then before you know it, there might be half an inch to an inch worth of bum crack on the show. And the top half of your pants as well, maybe. If I'm lucky, do the, they, do the they top ride half down of the pants well? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why quite a few years ago I started investing in quality pants because I thought if mm. they're going to be on show that much, I want them to be decent. Yeah. Um, so I actually invest in quite... My, my pant drawer, like most blokes, used to just be a hodgepodge of different... You know, half of them were fucking novelty present pants that you had been bought 20 years ago but were still God, yeah. somehow surviving do you know yeah. what i mean yeah. and there'd be some that you'd bought yourself out of fucking asda or something and and they were sort of a bit threadbare but you you kind of then you had one good pair that you put on for a formal occasion right mm. Mm. and then a few years ago sexual when occasion I was, when i was earning all right money i thought you know what fuck all this it's all very well buying nice jeans and shoes but i need to fucking up my pants game and so i decided to just get loads of good fucking pants and yeah. like loads of them so it, yeah, so yeah. every day was a quality pant day and i'm not espousing that as advice to other people because different people have different priorities but for me it was a big moment in my life it was a watershed similar i i'm not going to go into detail because no. some things need to be kept hidden i think mm. there needs to be an air of mystery about this even me an oversharer i have not revealed yeah. what brand of pant yeah, yeah. that i bought well, I, purchased. I, I would i would say that some years ago i found my pants that's the, yeah. my ideal yeah. pants the pants you'd in a way without realizing it had been looking for your whole life they've been looking yeah they'd been looking for me i'd been looking yeah. for them we yeah. found each other it was a beautiful and when you synergy. when you saw each other for the first time <clears throat> it was electric there's sometimes in life where you just think that you need to stop seeking Ooh. in some areas. So just you find something and it works. Just stick with just it. Don't, don't try yeah. any further to and don't go question any it. further. 
Yeah. Don't question yeah. it. Don't don't start trying to analyse why it works. It just does. Go with it. I think you can get to a point as well where you think, do I need to keep going to lots of different holiday destinations or different places in the world, or do I just want to go to that village in Cyprus that I've been to that I fucking yeah. loved? Yeah. I'll go there again. And, and spare and myself again. the shit. Do you know what uh, I mean? The, I've the, done the my worry, exploring. The research, my years of adventure yeah. are, be, are be behind me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That place, that there, that worked. It had everything I wanted. I'll go yeah. there again. Yeah. You know. Jalapeño. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. Holidays are expensive, so going for something yeah. like we're going to go, we haven't been abroad on holiday for a couple of years now because of the thing, but if we get to go this year, I'm going, look, we're just going to Club Med because you mm. know what you're fucking getting. You know what you're going to get. You know Club you Med. will get there, and as soon as you get there, there's no like, oh, let's acclimatise. I'll spend the first couple of days working out where the shop is or what the nice yeah, restaurant yeah. is or what the best spot on the beach is. Fuck that. You're there, and immediately, bang, you're in holiday mode. It's Save time. got a shop on site. Yeah, as, yeah. But Sounds you don't right. need to buy any food because the whole point is it's all inclusive. So it's there is inclusive. a spectacular buffet I mean, right. the episodes that I've done from Club Med in the past well, yeah. are there for anyone to listen to if they want the full lowdown. But there is a spectacular buffet for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah, you got me thinking there, Sam. You Brit- got me thinking. Brits, Brits are usually in the minority. So when you're mm. at a Club Med, a lot of the time, the majority of the people there might be French, right? Mm. And then there's some Germans and Scandinavians or whatever. But what's funny about when I went with my... I've been a few times, but the last time was when we went with a whole fucking menagerie. My brother Cass, his family, my mum, everyone. There was loads of us. And the funniest thing about us was we'd obviously been marked out as that slightly too noisy and uncouth British family by the pool. Mm. And for the buffet three times a day, we were always there at opening, Right? So you know the foreigners, they'll have their tea. You know, fucking French and Italians. They go start eating at fucking 10pm when they're on holiday. It's ridiculous, right? The buffet opened every night at 6.30. And when the geezer came to the door to unlock the doors, without fail, 
the hot me and the rest of the fucking Delaney mob are standing <laughs> at the glass doors, practically with our fucking noses, the kids with their snotty noses, pressed up against it, trying to see in advance what's on offer, because it's always a surprise, right? Yeah. Oh, look, they've done some beef! <laughs> <laughs> and you can so, see them. It's all French people who weren't there rolling their eyes, seeing the fucking Brits are here again, wanting their dinner, pigs. wanting their fucking lunch at 11 a.m., right? <laughs> Wanted their fucking what, dinner at 5pm. <laughs> I was going to see what time was that. Was that 5pm, was it? Yeah, it was fucking insanity. Yeah. But you, you can't help it, mate. It's just so tantalising. It's basically yeah. the main reason you're there, really, is for three high-quality buffet meals a day, punctuated by sitting by the swimming pool. I, was, I went to a place in Cost that was all, all-inclusive, and they didn't open the fucking evening buffet at a quarter to seven. Yeah, and we were that. there bang on. But I mean, mm. for the Brits, it's because you want to get that out of the way and get on with the drinking. I think that's Don't probably you? it, yeah. Where's the French? Well, in my case, when, when I first started going there, I was still drinking the first couple of times I went to a club med, and that was actually, I mean, it's it can be disastrous unless you control yourself, but I was certainly edging towards the stage of, of, of no control, and yeah. club med was fucking madness. Like, you're just there... I remember coming, getting there with some, you know, we were there with another family and just like the moment we got there, just going up and ordering like four cocktails for mm-hmm. myself and not even being embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? Just thinking, well, we've, yeah. we've paid our money now. You know, we used to say well, the more you it, have, yeah. the, you're making money. Like the more you consume, you can get yourself into profit quite quickly. Completely. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You go home up on the deal, don't you? Yeah. Um... So, uh, Andrea Brasso, waiting for you, is the theme tune that comes on, and I think we'll um, we'll have a little bit of it. That is a fucking superbly chosen piece of music for the indoor league, which will have yeah, been chosen, really obviously, by Sid Waddell. Oh, what I, mean, I like about it is it's tuneful and exciting, but it has a certain element of chaos about it, too. <laughs> yeah. In that, it's sort of like what I would call Yorkshire mm. jazz. Well, it's by, it's by a Belgian fella, uh, Andre mm. Brasseur. Uh, it comes from his album, Andre Brasseur and his multi-sound organ. <laughs> um, from 1967 and uh, it, I mean you just associate it now with Indoor League if you've watched Indoor League but that in itself if that came on in a discotheque you'd be on the dance floor wouldn't you I mean we've got our Christmas party coming up soon there's at, something uh, going in Sunderland and oh, I think yeah. that'll be getting that'll be getting played at some it point it sort of makes the night. me think that the Indoor League we've been talking about Club Med and who knows why we got onto that but this is supposed to be an episode about the indoor league. And then suddenly I thought, <laughs> maybe there's a way we can put these two concepts together. 
And because yeah. Club Med was basically conceived as some arrogant French people thinking no one holidays like the French. Mm. We French know how to holiday because we are a people steeped in a great tradition of pleasure and indulgence, right? Yeah. And so they thought, what if we created a club that allowed even heathen-like Brits to holiday like the French do, right? Mm. And I think that was the idea of it. And I'm thinking, well, surely we could apply the same logic to doing a sort of a indoor league, Yorkshire-themed um, holiday camp. A holiday camp with pub sports. With baked buffet three yeah. times a day. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, inclusive. Well, who knows? Who you knows? get your games, you get your sports, you get your beige buffet, you get your warm beer, right? Yeah, yeah. You get your ferret play, right, mm. for the kiddies in the kiddies ferret club. Ferret play, oh. Right? And mm. it's all inclusive. Just a I like thought. It. I like mm. it. I, it I, we'll, we'll park it. We'll put it on the list yeah. of things to do. So that's your theme music. It's Andrea Brasso. Um, I tried to buy the seven-inch single of that recently, but it's too expensive. I couldn't justify <laughs> it. It's there. Is it on Spotify? Um, it might be. It might be. I'm not sure, but it's uh, yeah, exactly. If it's on Spotify, then fucking. Oh, there's probably a CD best of Andrea Brasso for like five yeah. quid. Yeah. And I just thought I need the seven-inch single for authenticity. He's Belgium's Fuck. answer to fucking out on John, mate. Yeah. Um, and these days now, trying to buy stuff from Europe on Discogs fucking pointless because of the import what, charge because of the shipping costs because they're fucking absolutely pointless they oh, killed madness. it killed it killed record collecting it as among other things um, anyway Andrea Brasser waiting for you and we get a, during the introduction we get a, a montage of some of the sports that make up the indoor league there's a, a, a clip of some darts there's a clip of cheese skittles, which we'll move on to in a couple of minutes or two episodes time. Don't know. Cheese skittles. There's a bit of billiards. Uh, there's some bar football, or I think they call it foosball. Um, that's what they called it in an episode of Friends, didn't they? And then everyone started calling it foosball after that. <sighs> Cunts. Um, there's uh, bar billiards. Bar billiards is fascinating because the, the yeah. pockets aren't in the corners. There's holes in the middle of the table, and there's right. fucking obstacles and things on yeah. the, on the table. I um, mean, what I like about all of the sports, and particularly this one, that they showcase is that mm. it looks like something that you would approach almost like a child in a hit and hope way because it's fucking yeah. mad. It's like Kaplunk yeah. or fucking operation yeah. or something right it's just a mad <laughs> yeah. game and you think this is so arbitrary i might as well just fucking chuck the thing whack right it, and just see what happens give it a whack but yeah. the beauty of the indoor league is that you see these men adults mo- most of them have an air about them as if you can imagine them holding down fairly responsible you know mid-level management jobs yeah a lot of them. Yeah. do you know what i mean they look like men they look like men of experience, right? They look like men who, who might be, like, quite senior in a factory, right? Yeah. Or something like that. And they're fucking going for it with such focus mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a sort of an air of professionalism. Mm-hmm. And they pull it off. The guy play, play, playing bar billiards, I think he's fucking bigging up his role a bit here. He just smashes it and see what happens. It's like playing pinball, right? But no, he fucking no. knows what he's doing. And he totally. does it well. I'll tell you who these, who these men are. These men are the precursors of bullseye contestants from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. They're men who spend five nights a week in the pub 
And when they're in the pub, it's fun to be had. It's not just sitting around talking shit about films and <laughs> being sexist. It's it's there's stuff to do. Things need to be Darling, achieved. I'm going the- to the pub to do some sexism. I shall be back <laughs> at around eleven. I'm going for my my month my my nightly sexism hour where I sit yep. with some of the other chaps. And then I'll be back once I've expressed I'll some vile back. opinions on the inferiority back. of the female species. I'll be back at 11. We will go to bed. I will attempt sexual congress. You will rebuff me. I will then lie and snore for the entirety of the night, occasionally punctuating it with some farts. Good night. <laughs> First, prepare my dinner. This is the 1970s. It is the best of times. And I'm the pulling on times. my brown slacks, which are my sexism slacks. Pulling I always the wear them when I'm going out to do some sexisms with the boys. <laughs> And the final bit of action that we see is the arm wrestling in the introduction montage. And then it tells us on the screen a big fucking caption from the Irish centre, Leeds. It's the epicentre of this pub sport empire. When it says that, I don't know why, but I sort of feel like that feels like a dangerous place to be. (laughs) Irish uh, Newcastle's got an Irish centre as well. I've never been. There's in. an Irish centre around the corner from me in Hammersmith. Is that you can go there and watch fiddle fiddle music if you want, whenever you want. Is that what's on in there? Is it around the clock? My mum goes there, and she's not even mm. Irish, but she goes, "Oh, I like I like the fiddles." <laughs> You're your part Irish, so is that on your dad's side? Yeah, I am. Yeah, on my dad's yeah. side. Yeah, okay. my mum's. I think my mum's. My mum literally doesn't know what she is. I asked her a few times. She just, she looked at me blankly like it was a fucking stupid question. She just went, well, I'm English. And I said, yeah, I know, but what about going back? And she just like looked at me like she just thought I was mucking about or something, just being silly. Your, your mum seems to have led an incredible life without being tarnished by too many concerns. She just well, seems to have just... I think she does worry, but about sort of strange, like, minuscule things. Yeah, right. Yeah, because stuff like that, she's just, I've got the Irish set because I like the fiddles. I'm yeah. not Irish. I don't know what I am. Whatever. I don't, know. I don't ask matter. me. She'd, she'd probably say it's not my business. Yeah, exactly. It's not my never business, it's what I am. It's never affected me before. It doesn't matter. She'd go, she just sort of goes, well, I just, I don't know, I grew up in Harrow. Is that what you mean? <laughs> well, sort of, yeah, but I'm from Harrow. Next question. <laughs> so there we are it's from the Irish Centre in Leeds uh, and there's a, a wide shot of men watching these sports taking place some of them are wearing suits most of them are wearing suits actually there's lots of beer smoke fills the air it is the mid 1970s it is disgusting it is the indoor league uh, that's the opening titles and you know what I think we'll leave it there Sam yeah, there's a lot more to investigate, but I think that we we've um, we've given you a real flavour. In the unlikely the event that you've never seen it, I mean, we, you know, different age groups listen to this podcast. The, the mm. ones who are our age or older, some might even remember it when it mm. originally went out. Others would have been introduced to it by Skinner and Badil on um, on fantasy football, who used to love just showing the clips of Fred Truman, who we haven't discussed He's with a, his yeah, catchphrase. Fred Truman, yeah, nothing. One thing I will say before we go, you know, we'll go more deeper into it about Fred Truman is that he genuinely, I'm not taking a piss, he's a really good presenter. I mean, I've done, you know, I've done my fair share of TV presenting and like 
you know, auto cues, hitting times and stuff, it's more difficult than it looks. And Fred Truman mm. is an unreconstructed Yorkshireman who has yeah. just been playing cricket most of his life. And suddenly he's been <laughs> thrust into this job and it's not easy, right? Especially back then. Because I'm trying to work out, did they have auto cues in the early 70s? I mean, what sort of thing was it? Was there someone holding... But he's... It he, cards, he's, probably, he's, wouldn't it? Held up cards. Maybe for, cards. But yeah. with cards, I've done it once on a low-budget sort of pilot with, with a runner holding cards. And it's really hard to keep your eyeline natural, right? Mm. Because a card is not really... It's not designed to keep your eyeline natural. But I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking it from that perspective. I'm thinking, this fucking... Fred Truman's a fucking natural. Some yeah. sports people take years to adapt. I thought to myself, the only cunt from sport where I've seen, like, basically glide into broadcasting with that amount of ease is Ian Wright. Even Lineker yeah. took a few years to relax, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but, yeah. but fucking Truman is fucking presiding over this ludicrous fucking... Yeah business that's a huge sprawling like chaotic event in fucking the Irish centre in Leeds and he's just there like a fucking boss Noel Edmonds himself wouldn't have been able to fucking compare this as competently no chance no chance <laughs> well, we, so we're about to meet Fred Truman in the start of episode 2 what we'll do is I think we might look and find a different episode because this one isn't the one that we I mean we, we flagged this on Twitter and said this is the one we're going to cover uh, the champions episode, but it might be better to, to do a regular episode, so we might find a different one. But we've set the scene, we've, we've laid the, the groundwork, yeah, and the foundations are there. And we'll uh, the Odyssey will continue next week. And um, hope you'll join us for that. Thank you very much. And I'll see thee, see thee. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.